Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Greetings. Good to be back with you on The Bible Speaks today. It was our pleasure to have as our guest speaker Dr. Jerry Gallimore for two weeks and from the responses I've had, God blessed the times he spent with us and the times you spent with him. I have some good news based on some bad news. That sounds a little twisted, doesn't it? Well, here's a story. Many of you began to listen to our broadcasts in the Central Florida area on Daystar Radio 89.5. Well, that station has gone out of business. And we have now made contact with a wonderful signal, and we'll be telling you more about this next week. For those of you listening in faraway places or on the internet, nothing has changed. But we want you to rejoice with us in that we have found a far stronger signal for the Central Florida area, and we have good news about additional prospects for spreading the word of the Bible Speaks and our weekday program, Words of Inspiration. Today we want to resume our look at the book of Ephesians. The last time we talked about this three weeks ago, we were in chapter 2, and we read from that book of contrasts, that chapter of contrasts, what we were, what we are, and where we're headed. For any of you not having been with us since we started this series, we pointed out that this wonderful book of Ephesians is divided in two parts. The first part we called the doctrinal section, and the second part we called the practical section. Our riches in Christ, chapters 1 to 3, and in chapters 3 through 6, our walk in Christ, our demonstration on earth, of what God has done for us in heaven. And so today I simply want to look back at chapter 2 and highlight a few of the things that I believe we can take away and live with and walk with and share and be encouraged. Ephesians chapter 2 begins like this, And you he has made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as others." Now, we reminded ourselves that this epistle to the people at Ephesus was addressed to two classes of people, 
Jews and Gentiles, but primarily to the Gentiles, who had been introduced to God through the message of a Jew named Jesus, who came in fulfillment of the promise of God that he was going to send a Redeemer. And this visit of Christ as man on earth, which ended in Calvary and the wonderful resurrection, is stage one of God's glorious eternal reign over humanity. And in this stage one, Jews who were called by God and separated by God are now being told that Gentiles are being accepted in Jesus Christ, that God Almighty has included them, included them, included them among the promises of God and the promises to the heirs of God. So, my friend, I want you to remember that Christianity is not something different from Judaism in that there are two different religions. Christianity is the outgrowth of what God intended Israel to be. The fact that many Israelites have rejected the Messiah doesn't change the fact that God has granted you and granted them this wonderful position of a relationship with God. We were once trespassers, once walking away from God in sin and uncleanness, stepping over the boundaries of Almighty God. But God, but God. In verse 4, we read those two words. And the Bible is full of that statement, but God. Time and again, we see a dire situation, and then we read, but God. So I want you to take those two words with you into today and tomorrow and all your tomorrows, because the devil is going to whisper in your ears, I know you, you're a thief, you're a robber, you're a liar. You are an adulterer. You are an arsonist. You're this, you're that. And you simply say with grace in your heart and gratitude to God, yes, but God. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together along with Jesus Christ. My friend, those words ought not to be taken lightly nor glossed over. What it says here is that God, when we were at a distance because of our sin, expressed his love for us in Jesus Christ. It is the Lord Jesus Christ himself who said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When Jesus spoke those words, he included you. He didn't say, for God so loved the Jews, for God so loved the black people, for God so loved the Spanish people, for God so loved the Germans, for God so loved the world. He included you. He included me. In Romans chapter 5, we read that when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. But God commendeth his love toward us, 
in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I just want you to take away from today those two words, but God. Now, Paul makes a distinction between how we lived, how we had our manner of living, the associations we maintained, and where we are today. He says, but God, God has delivered you from that. And somebody says to me, I bowed my heart and knee to Jesus Christ, and I walked with God, but I find myself lusting after this. I find myself hungering after that. I find myself angry about that. My friend, that is why the Apostle John says to us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That same writer says, as long as we're living here in this flesh, we will encounter sin. He says, in fact, if we say we have no sin, we are making God to be a liar. Don't you do that, friend? Wherever you are today, God's continuum is working on your behalf. He wants you to repent, return to a place of consecration and commitment. Listen again in Ephesians chapter 2. Remember now, this is a description of how God sees you. This is a placement in heavenly places that God has already recorded and nothing will change that. The Lord Jesus Christ says, none of those whom the Father gives me will be lost. So my friend, your salvation is not dependent on your maintaining a perfect record. It's dependent on your having faith in the Christ of God who had a perfect record. Oh, there's coming a day. There's coming a day when we shall be delivered from the very presence of sin. But until then, my friend, hold on to the but God. It's yours. It's mine. We ought to embrace it, enjoy it, and talk about it. Listen again in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, God raised us up together in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Wait a minute. You say, oddly, is God setting me up? Yes, he is. He's setting you up for something wonderful. He's going to make of you a sinner saved by grace, of me a sinner saved by grace, of you goody two-shoes saved by grace. Oh, God is going to put us all on display throughout the countless ages of eternity because the work he has begun in us will be accomplished. Don't you worry about it, my friend. When God says it's forever, it's forever. God says it's complete, it's complete. God says it's done, it's done. Yes, you may be weak, but God is strong. You may be impoverished, but God is rich. Oh, my friend, let the riches of his grace seep through your system today. How can you know that you're walking in fellowship with God? The Lord Jesus Christ put it plainly. He says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. You have embraced the but God aspect of God's glorious redemption. And by this, by what? Your love one for another. My friend, the love that God has put in your heart replaces the hate, the anger, the frustration. And you know the 
peace of God when you come into the presence of God? It isn't a peace you work for. We are at peace with God because Jesus has made the peace possible. In Luke's Gospel, Jesus Christ goes into the temple on the Sabbath day and they hand him the book of Isaiah to read. And he reads the passage which says that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. But Isaiah's prophecy says two things. The acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. But Jesus stopped at the acceptable year of the Lord because that's the day in which we're living. A day of grace. A day when the but God is in effect. You understand what I'm saying? God has pardoned you. And sometimes when the flesh pulls you back, all you have to say is, but God, but God has redeemed me and I will follow him today. Ask God the Holy Spirit to reproduce the holiness of the Lord Jesus Christ in you. It says again in chapter 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works because you would boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. For God has prepared that beforehand for us. Are you doing good works? Begin today. Oh God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will prompt us to live in love and good works to show that we have been redeemed from the wrath of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.